Will gets the puck for Carrier. He gets stripped, taps the loose puck for Kessel. He scores! Kessel from below the goal line! Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Knights grab it on the right wing side. Smith to the point. Petrangelo scores! Set up by Riley Smith. In the Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. From San Jose to the Las Vegas Valley, we are covering the National Hockey League and the Vegas Golden Knights. So stick down, let's go drop the puck, and we are ready to rock in our number two, Darren Millard, at the Atima Hotel, where the Golden Knights will get set to take on the San Jose Sharks tomorrow night. Final meeting of the season between these clubs and a chance to uh, bounce back and get going, uh, adding a couple of points to the total, and uh, knowing that Los Angeles and Edmonton are going to do battle themselves and ryan wallace is over at the oil hotel and casino yes i am i'm hanging out inside the underground lounge at the oil hotel and casino one dollar blackjack tables only casino on the strip doing that the underground lounge is home with a two dollar bud bud light and michelob ultra name me a better opportunity to to get your drink on i i don't think one exists there's going to be some final four viewing parties on property April 1st and 3rd, plenty of food and drink specials. Pool season is officially underway, though it doesn't look like it outside today. With it being a little bit rainy and and overcast, pool season is officially underway here inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. And you've got North America's largest Hooters restaurant, Iconic Chicken Wings. What more could you ask for, Darren? I don't know. What more could you ask for? I like chicken wings. I like them a lot. There you go. What's your favorite dip with chicken wings or sauce with chicken wings? Oh, geez. My my wife is from Buffalo, so if I don't say blue cheese, she's going to, like, not talk oh my goodness, to me when I get home. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. I, I, I can't do blue cheese. You know who can't do blue cheese where, where like, it physically affects him? <laughs> who? Is Dave Gosher. Really? Dave Gosher, if he's around blue cheese where it's just on a, on a salad or in, in some kind of <laughs> topping on a yeah. food, like yeah. say say it's at the media meal at T-Mobile Arena, mm-hmm. I will be in the media room across the hall, like not even in the same room as him, across the hall in an entirely different room, and I will be able to hear Dave uh, offer his thoughts on being around... <laughs> Blue cheese. Blue cheese, mustard, and mayonnaise. He can't do any of the three, but blue cheese is right there at the top. I went out for dinner with Dave one time. Okay. Uh, There's about eight of us, and my meal came. It was a uh, steak with a little blue cheese on it. He swapped places. We, it was a uh, table, a circle. He swapped places with somebody on the other side of the table. Could not <laughs> sit beside me because of blue cheese. So uh, you and and Dave will not be going to uh, the world's largest Hooters to you, uh, have uh, blue cheese uh, on your on your chicken wings together. To, to be fair, uh, you you asked me the question and I said I have to say blue cheese because my wife is from yeah. Buffalo and that's how they do it. Don't start uh, moonwalking if, now. If left to my own devices, it would not be blue cheese first. I'll just say that flat out. Uh, I, I tend to, to kind of fall in line with where Dave Gosher's line of thinking is on blue cheese, but you made your bed on this one, my friend. Eh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Don't, made your bed. I, I, no. I, I know you're afraid to say yeah. the R word yeah. because of what's waiting for you when you get home because no, we, no, we know Mrs. Yeah, Wallace yes, does listen. Yes, 100%. I'm absolutely afraid to say ranch, 100%. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it is I a thing tell. you cannot do tell. in Buffalo. You, you can't Chapman? do it. Oh, I'm, I'm all about the blue cheese. I got my son hooked on it, Where too. Where are you? Oh, I like blue cheese. Oh, my God. That's so bad, you guys. Why? 
What's wrong with blue Disgusting. cheese? No, I, blue I, cheese I, is I, great. I'm not as vile as, as I'm not as vile as Gosher is with it, but I don't get it. You know, you you kind of strike me as the guy who would you. You strike me as the guy who would purposely order blue cheese if you went out to dinner with Gosher. <laughs> um, that's a yes. But that's I, a still, yes. I don't like it, though. I, I, I don't like it. Um, uh, See, now I know you would uh, not do that if it was I, Shane that did like, not like, I like blue the cheese. Dry, dry wings with the uh, lemon pepper. Salt good. pepper dry wings. I, I, oh, there you go. Lemon I, pepper I dry like, wings uh, are good. So uh, let's get into it uh, a little bit about uh, what happened last night. Vegas Golden Knights falling to the Edmonton Oilers, and it was a 7-4 final. Uh, the Golden Knights scoring a late goal. Jonathan Marchessault, so quietly. He, he didn't have a lot of, like, okay, he, he scored a couple goals because there's so many other things going on. But Jonathan Marchessault so kind of cranking it up here uh, at the right time. Yeah, he's been really good for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, of late. Obviously, the bigger the games become, I think the more Jonathan Marchessault relishes the the idea that he's going to be an impact player for the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, certainly came up big in Edmonton. The, the two goals last night, like you, you would have hoped that they would have um, led to a Golden Knights victory or points, whatever it could have been. But, you know, to me, it, it just kind of goes back to Jonathan Marchessault from, from year one. Every time... There have been a big moments in this franchise's history. He's right in the middle of things that go well for Vegas. Jack Eichel, uh, there was moments last night where I liked what I was seeing. There was moments where I needed, uh, again, uh, maybe, maybe a little more pace. And that's a that's a tough one to gauge, too, because uh, he was coming off the best game I've ever seen him play yeah. uh, against the Oilers on Saturday night and, and, and doing that uh, in back-to-back games. And there's also the part where I understand where you don't just run it back because that's the track meet that the Edmonton Oilers would love to get involved in. And are you just playing right into their hands? But uh, you, you look at the, the, the stats for the Golden Knights and goal scoring. Eichel has those 27. Jonathan Marshall has 26. And then you get Riley Smith at 24. Mm-hmm. Like three guys in their mid 20s to, to late 20s then it's just this crazy total where so many players are in the like 16 to 13 range i i don't think i've i've seen anything like it where uh like william carlson 14 um yeah ivan barbershop 14 yeah mark stone not playing but he's got 17 phil kessel 13 nick Watt 13 William Carey, 16. Michael Amadio, 13. Paul Cotter, 13. When we know they're balanced, but you look at that and go, okay, because the reason it stuck out at me is we went through this run where everybody was scoring their 13th goal of the year. <laughs> and now everybody's going to be scoring their 14th goal of the year. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a balanced hockey team and we've, kind of talked about that as being the the superpower if you will of the golden knights is that you don't necessarily need one guy to carry the mail night in and night out because you're getting contributions and you've gotten contributions from everybody over the course of this season paul cotter's had some big games and big moments and big contributions same thing with will carrier you can't really forget about what he's been able to do so far this season um, I, I know we're talking about 13 goals, kind of middle teens here, but, you know, Pavel Dorofiev's five goals have been impactful, and that's also led to the depth. It's not the, the total that you're looking at, but, 
you know, this team's gotten balance and they've gotten scoring from everywhere in the lineup. And, you know, Michael Amadio just keeps adding to his career best in terms of goals in a single season every time he puts the puck in the back of the net. Touched on Phil Kessel earlier. Look for him to have a great game tomorrow night. Uh, we'll get more into that when we tee up uh, the game against the San Jose Sharks uh, from San Jose and from Vegas uh, tomorrow uh, right here on the BGK Insider Show. It will be a 5 o'clock BGK Insider Show tomorrow because the game is at 7.30 yep. local time tomorrow night. So uh, just uh, saves everybody from uh, going I go dawn to dusk in that type of uh, scenario. We've got two pairs of tickets to see the Golden Knights take on the LA Kings uh, on April 6th. That's next Thursday. Two pairs of tickets uh, coming up uh, this hour on the VGK Insider Show. But before we get to our game rating, uh, let's talk about uh, the, the Golden Knights and the, this poll that we put up. Uh, explain to everybody what the question is and okay. what are the results as of now. Okay, so with these three teams, the most likely first-round opponents, who would you rather the Golden Knights face? The question was L.A., Edmonton, Calgary. And, and we made the decision, and that's why you got to be listening to the show before you answer these polls as well, we made the decision to take the Winnipeg Jets out of the fold because that was the obvious first answer. That was the obvious answer for everybody. If you put if you put Winnipeg on here, it's 100% Winnipeg and 0% for everybody else. So, of these three opponents, who would you rather see the Golden Knights play in the first round? You've got L.A., Edmonton, Calgary. Here are the results so far. 71% of the fan base would like to see the Calgary Flames in the first round. 21% would like to see the Los Angeles Kings. And only 8% want to see the Edmonton Oilers. You're cheating yourself with that 8%. You've got to crank that up higher. Chance to go Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. Imagine the confidence coming out of that. Oh, Because you might have to play him anyway. Like you're going to have to play good teams. Yeah. I, I, I don't buy into the theory that uh, th there's a first-round series and uh, one great team's going to have to go. You're going to have to beat good teams all the way along. So sure. get them yeah. out of the way early and, and ride a wave of confidence. Uh, I am on record saying I would go Edmonton first uh, instead of the big boys uh, the bruising boys uh, of, of Calgary and uh, be fresher when you face the Edmonton Oilers instead of in a second round series that's my logic with that and I think five on five Edmonton and Vegas would be a fun series but Vegas has the advantage when it comes to even strength play and you try to rely on your discipline which you've had uh, all year long so we'll check back in that in just a little bit but first our game rating from last night Chappie Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Ah, uh, well, it's a DeLorean, right? Bear with what me, Marty. All your questions will be answered. Roll yeah. tape. I couldn't shake Chappie because we didn't have the TV game last night uh, <laughs> on, the, on the television side, and Levy and Ferrero were working it on for ESPN. So I was up roaming the press box uh, with Sharples, and I got to see my good buddy uh, Louis DeBrusque for a little bit. And then Chapman just starts following me around like a lost puppy. Yeah. Like, Chappie, do you not have people? Like, what do you do when I'm not here? Well, first of all, you're exaggerating. But, yeah, I, I, I came around the corner, and I, I don't know who you were talking to, a big guy. And uh, I checked you. That was you Louis DeBrusque. Oh, okay. And I checked you, <laughs> checked you into the wall. So, yeah. so that that was good. I hope he noticed my form and said, ah, that's, that's a good check. But, uh, yeah, and then big, I bumped into you. I bumped into you at the uh, popcorn Stand. I was getting. Some, I was getting some popcorn. You weren't, but I was getting some popcorn. 
And we exchanged some comments about the game. Now, yes. in full reflection, where are you? It wasn't a very good game by the Golden Knights. It, it's it's kind of weird because I, I never thought I would say that a goalie who gave up six goals was one of the best players on the ice for the Golden Knights last night. But I, I think Jonathan Quick, considering all things considered, played a pretty good game. Of the six goals, I think only one you could really look at and say, yeah, he probably should have had that one. I mean, the the, the, the Evander Kane goal was, was because of a sick play by Leon Dreisaitl. I thought the Hyman goal at the expiration of the power play was, was really good. Obviously, uh, the Dreisaitl goal was good. So, I mean, there... It, it's hard to, to say, oh, yeah, it was Jonathan Quick's fault because I, I, I certainly didn't think Bruce Cassidy was blaming him either. I thought Petrangelo played a good game. Uh, we, we got the two goals from Marsh or so as well. But overall, it just wasn't a very good game. And it, it looked like a game where Edmonton really flexed their muscle because Jonathan Marsh talked about the effort and how disappointing it was. And I think that was a case of, of just... For whatever reason, the effort wasn't there last night, and and Edmonton exploited every inch of that, and they they really put on a clinic. So, for me, I'm I'm giving it a two. It's it's not a good game. It's 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 definitely not one that you're going to hang up on the on the in the locker room and circle it and say, yeah, this was this was really what we wanted to what we want to do. It was it was not a good game. So I'm going to. Wow, look at you, Chris Chapman going two. Uh, okay, I. I don't know that it was a – I feel like it's in the middle. I, I, I'm, I'm struggling between a two and a three, to be completely honest with you. I, I can go Station Wagon. I can go Humvee. I can go either way, really, when it comes to last night's game. There were parts of the Golden Knights game that I liked. There were parts that I certainly didn't like, uh, as we've kind of discussed ad, ad nauseum so far. I did not like that the Golden Knights did not put Stuart Skinner under more duress. When you score – Two goals on three shots. You need to do everything in your power to try to get to that goaltender, make that goaltender question everything, make that team question. So it felt like a big missed opportunity there uh, in my eyes for the Vegas Golden Knights. But it also kind of felt to me like a game where I, I, I just feel like everyone's ready for the playoffs. I'm ready for the playoffs. I know that that's not something that should be creeping in, but I think when you're this close toward the end of the year, there's a lot to play for, sure, but I think you're just waiting for the games to really, really ratchet up in intensity and, and get to that postseason. So for for all intents and purposes, I, I kind of agree with you, Chapman, in that I, I don't think Jonathan Quick was the reason at all that the Vegas Golden Knights lost last night. I think that that was a team wide effort and and they were not as good as they needed to be against the Edmonton Oilers um, the parts of the game that I liked I I can't really put too much stock into or utilize it to raise my my vote so I'm gonna go two out of five I'm gonna go station wagon as well oh we lost Darren oh well that's good fantastic stuff as we lose Darren on the game rating um, we'll we'll effort to get him back up and running but yeah, I you know I look at it from a number of different perspectives, and and we've talked about some of the good, right? We've we've talked about some of the good things that the Golden Knights were able to do in the game, and I don't know that it's going to necessarily win out. I, I think when you have three power plays and, and and you do not come through with a power play goal, and you know you're trying to find different ways, I I just think the Golden Knights in that perspective, that game last night, it's it's two out of five now. 
With all that being said, there was a, a, a an optional skate this morning, and believe me when I tell you it was optional, optional, optional. Uh, we do have Bruce Cassidy. We're going to get to Bruce Cassidy right now as he goes into some of the reasoning behind the optional practice this morning and breaks down the game a little bit more from last night. Is there an update on Jay? Yeah, he's not going to travel, so he'll be day-to-day. So we will, um, Ben Hutton will be ready to go in. Um, we'll have conversations with the Henderson staff if we need to get farther along. Um, and of course, that got hurt down there, so we'll see who's, who's playing well there if we need to dip into there. And you touched on this before, but it's how are you with some of those right side guys in Henderson, like here and They all played well. They all bring a different skill set, but they all played well. We're comfortable with anybody if that's what we got to do. Um, hopefully, Shea's not long term. Um, we stayed off today, you know, a few bumps and bruises, some illnesses, so, you know, um, should be good to go tomorrow, though, but uh, Shea will not travel. We will probably move people around because it's a right stick again, or sorry, a, a left shot playing the right side. So we'll we'll have that conversation. Um, we may have to try some different things again. Uh, I know that Hager played the right more than anybody, probably the most effective. So he will probably be the guy that moves. How does that shake out? Obviously, he's not playing with a white cloud if he moves. So. We'll, uh, we'll sort through that. Did you watch last night's game? I'm not through the whole thing, but I got through parts of it. Do you have a different opinion from last night after your scheme was? No, we, we didn't offer enough resistance into how they wanted to play the game. Um, Gary, we, you know, we fell down at times. We overskated pucks. Like, to me, that's a sign of, like, we're a good hockey club. We're number one in the West. Like, we, we, what's going on? Is it... To me, different players, there's some fatigue in that group. When I see stuff like that, like stuff, mistakes we don't normally make <clears throat> led to some easy transition goals. Now, did we check well enough? No, we did not. But we had some other things that helped their, their cause that we wouldn't typically do. Even in the face-off circle, we didn't have our usual jam. We're struggling there. So I put it off as there's a little bit of fatigue in the group right now, and there and we didn't play our, to our checking game well enough against that team that's that dangerous. You haven't clinched, but it's very close. Sometimes teams after they clinch or right around that time, they get a bit of a sag. We're still lost to play for. Is that? I won't anticipate us having a sag, a mental, because. There's still first place. On, there's a lot on the line still. Like, are all those things? You know, you got to get in, right? So you got to get in. That's first. So then you want to you want to finish this high. You want to win the next thing you can win, which is the division. But it's not going to make or break your playoff hopes if you don't end up where you you aspire to. As long as you're in, right? So, for us, do we want to go on some? I think it'd be more about us going on a. a, a a, wrong, a streak the wrong way and losing your game is what we'd be concerned about. We're playing Minnesota that's battling for first place twice. Nashville's trying to get in. LA's fight. Seattle. So there, there are a lot of teams that are highly motivated to win. So for us, that should keep us our mentally in check anyway. Um, and, and second of all, how do we play against those teams? We could play very well because they're good teams and not get the points we want. Doesn't mean you're not playing well. So I'm looking at, I'll be looking at it more that way. Let's take care of business in San Jose. 
um, and then worry about the next box. And it's always about keeping your game up here. And we didn't do that yesterday, so that is a red flag. Yes, we, we need to be better. But I think there was some other circumstances that played into it than them just us just losing our our game over three days because we were pretty good in Calgary. We were pretty good in Edmonton. Vancouver, we were great early, so-so. You know what I mean? It wasn't our best, but we had pockets of good hockey. Please, with the response from your players after last night and this morning, Am I pleased with, sorry? Any response from today? From last night's game? Yeah. Listen, I think we all wanted to win and play better. We, I don't think we had it. I don't think we had it. And as much as we wanted to push through, that I don't think the energy level was there to, to overcome a team that was feeling really good about their game. In terms of the fatigue, do you think the answer is maybe some more days off? Well, today that's what we went because of that. Um, if this had been November, I'm pretty, I'm 95% sure we would have been out there grinding away, working on stuff to correct it quickly for the next day. I think, I feel our team's in a good enough place that we didn't have to go correct automatically today because we didn't love the result yesterday. I liked our road trip. I liked our, no, I've, loved, I've liked our march. You know, we've been on the wrong end of a couple of high-end scores. Calgary and this one that I'm not sure were necessarily blowouts but just like the Columbus game we were on the right side of that I thought they generated chances too so we're not going to blow it all up for one performance that we all agree wasn't up to par and you know and then and then you get a few nagging injuries you got this and that going on you want to make sure your our focus needs to be now on San Jose prepare to win that game in November, it's more about continue to build your game for this time of year. So that's why we probably would have practiced if it was early in the year because our game, we would have looked at it and said it's not where it needs to be. Let's worry about us today and San Jose tomorrow. Today, I think we're worried about being the best we can for San Jose as opposed to building our game, if that makes any sense to you. The balance, Bruce, between addressing what happened last night, but also you, it's been too good much, really. Well, thanks for pointing that out, Gosh. A, li a little happiness in the room. We'd all appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but you, as a coach, you have to balance that, I guess. You're correcting what needs to be corrected yesterday. But well, is it a one-off or not? You know, that's what we're looking at. Tomorrow will give us a good, we'll have a bet much more clarity tomorrow at 10 o'clock. You know, is it just one of those games? And now you got an opponent that's playing for different things than Edmonton is and Minnesota coming up. So... You know, how do we approach that? Hopefully our mindset is, hey, we, we want to correct what we did yesterday and put, put, you know, get back into playing our type of game. That's how this team has been for the last two months. I think we've done a real good job responding, coming out of performances that weren't to our standard, and I expect we'll do that tomorrow. Your upcoming schedule, you mentioned just how, how beneficial is it to have a home-type series against three playoff teams? Uh, I, think it, I think it's good to get the best out of you. Um, would you like a couple of uh, games that were less physical and stressful along the way towards this time of year? Of course, every team would tell you that. But Winnipeg would tell you last night that they went into San Jose expecting a different result. So every team is going to, if you're not ready to play, you're not going to win in this league. Um, that's the way I look at it. So, um, I think it'll help us with those competitive games. I do. It'll keep us sharp and mentally focused. Uh, so I, I have no issue with it. Um, Having said that, the schedule is the schedule, and really, at the end of the day, we can't control it. We just play who we play. <clears throat> One thing gave you hope that you responded, the teams responded so well to the adversity was the reach of the goalies this season. What's that, sorry? One thing that gives you hope is how well the... Oh, that hope, yeah, sorry. Uh, I do. 
I do. I, our guys don't care when it comes to listen. I, I, let me rephrase that. Our guys care about our goaltenders. We want them to be healthy. We want all of them. But I think at the end of the day, they're not concerned about who the starter is that night. Um, they're ready to go play. That, that's what I feel about our guys, and I think that's why we've kept on winning no matter who's been in nets. Now, credit the guys in nets for giving us a chance to win. I said it last night. I don't think we played well in front of Jonathan Quick last night. We kind of left him out to dry in a few, uh, a lot of the goals. You know, you could look at a couple maybe that hey, could he made a timely save, of course. But at the end of the day, it was on the group last night. I think they know that they weren't good enough in front of him. Uh, we weren't good enough in any area. They they beat us in special teams, goaltending, coaching, playing, all of that. So we got a chance tomorrow to rectify that. Mm -hmm. We also went to do something we watched still and went into the tailspin, but that break, how important was that break? Uh, best thing to happen to this team was that break. Timing was perfect. Some guys got a breather that uh, were a little banged up as well. Um, maybe not for Logan, who went there and got injured after. The All-Star games are tough on the goaltenders. That's one thing they'll have to look at going forward. I was there, and they throw them in on these breakaway things, and maybe... You know, that's something. But other than that, it was good for pretty much everyone else. I thought it was great for Logan's confidence, too, to be there. Um, so I shouldn't really say that, but it is it is tough. The fastest skater, Stevie, had to do that, too. They throw you in a little bit. Some of that stuff can be dangerous. What's his name? Makar wiped out. So some of those things were could be tough, but in general, it was a great time for us, and it showed coming out of it. Now, we had the father. I don't know if you know, we had the father's uh, trip right after that, I think, Piggyback that on top of some, you know, a mental reset and physical reset, and it was was really good for us. That was head coach Bruce Cassidy earlier today, in which he addressed some of the topics coming out of last night's game, where the Golden Knights lose seven to four to the Edmonton Oilers. But uh, again, you know, the the kind of big thing to take away from it: Shea Theodore will not be traveling with the team up to San Jose for tomorrow's game. It uh, seems like Nick Hague's going to move over to the right side to play alongside uh, Braden McNabb. We'll kind of see how that digests over the next couple of, uh, over the next 24 hours or so for the Vegas Golden Knights. But one of the things that, you know, you kind of do look at is there was the idea of practice versus rest, practice versus rest, and Bruce Cassidy errs on the side of rest, just didn't feel like the team had it. And as you come down the stretch, you're going to start to value rest a little bit more as you go into what will become a, a lengthy, hopefully lengthy playoff run for the Vegas Golden Knights, you're going to have to prioritize that at certain times. So I like a lot of what I heard from Bruce Cassidy. Generally do. You learn a lot every single time you hear Bruce talk. Uh, and then the other thing, the, the idea that the, the bye week, the All-Star break, best thing that happened to this team, I, I couldn't agree more as the Golden Knights record coming out of it was just fantastic. What say you, Darren Millard? They might be in a, It just occurred to me, listening to you uh, mm. run down rest versus um, working on team things and strategy, they might have four or five practices left in the season. Probably yeah. four. You got, you got a couple of days between the end of the regular season and the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs where you really dial in some strategy and you do a lot of preparation for your individual opponent. And, and put everything in place uh, for that particular opposition. But between now and then, maybe two uh, with, the, with the final eight games and a, a situation where you've got back-to-back uh, -back next week, Minnesota-Nashville, you have a day off after that. Uh, you're four more full 
teaching practices, yeah. not morning skates. Uh, those those aren't practices. Uh, the, these are uh, off day workouts where you really get uh, some some tactical stuff in, as, as well as uh, as uh, some of your your confidence going. So I think I think it's a, it's an opportunity uh, where you you got to focus on what's in front of you, and it's like you got to be dialed in for those mm-hmm. for those practices can you believe it that's probably the number that you've got left yeah you're you're not wrong it's it's i it still feels like we just started the season and in many ways i just cannot wait for the playoffs to start it's flown by and it's been a grind simultaneously It, it, it always kind of feels that way toward the end of the season this will uh this will uh make you guys laugh but i got booted off the internet in the silicon valley here um so uh, read into that what you will. But I know the two of you guys have all kinds of theories on the Silicon Valley and who you like and who you don't like. So I, maybe, uh, I think maybe some of that got, uh, got back to the higher-ups in the various corporations of uh, the, the companies here in San Jose. I did not hear what Chapman and yourself uh, lobbed in as ratings for last night. Oh, we went two out of five. Two out of five? Yeah. Okay. I think... I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they scored four goals. Uh, they, they, they were in the game. They, they certainly provided some answers, but uh, between the penalty kill and then letting the game get away from you and the lack of, of pressure on the, on the other end, uh, didn't score in the power play. Uh, there was certainly goalie got pulled. Uh, it's, it's tough to go middle of the road in that kind of situation. If you get back and you make it um, a 6-5 game or something like that, uh, where uh, it's not academic in the final 10 minutes, and you saw how much uh, fun the Oilers fans had as they came, came part uh, of this road trip. Uh, they, they weren't leaving, but uh, the, the, the Vegas World Knights uh, faithful uh, knew that uh, there was a matter of time in, in the final 10 minutes. So, yeah, I, I think two out of five, we, we can all go with a total of six uh, in, in that one last night and, and what the Golden Knights uh, did. Now, tomorrow night, uh, last chance before you take a break and, and bring in one-timers and news and those from around the National Hockey League. Tomorrow night is going to be big. San Jose uh, won for the first time since uh, the 1922 season uh, <laughs> in, in the National Hockey League, uh, beating the, the Winnipeg Jets last night 3 to nothing. You you, you got to take, and I don't know whether they're going to go with uh, uh, the Kakinen or whether they'll go back with Reimer, who is sensational, but... You, that's one where you got to put it out of the, out of the way uh, early uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, I agree 100%. You got to start on time. You got to find a way to, to score first and score often. And you, you, you really generally just want to try to turn that into a no doubter as, as early as you possibly can. You don't want to allow the San Jose Sharks to kind of hang around and be pesky. We know they can be. So uh, I'm looking for a quick start from the Golden Knights for sure. I love saying this. We got tickets. I'm like yeah. Bruce Cusack with tacos. Uh, we got tickets. Uh, call us right now, 702-876-1340. They gave away tacos uh, last night uh, by way of the first period and, and those two goals last night. So 702-876-1340. This is better than tacos. I'll give you a pair of tickets to see the Golden Knights take on the Los Angeles Kings next Thursday night at T-Mobile Arena. We all hope that Jonathan Quick gets the start in that. If they can... T- Continue with a straight rotation, and they go to Lorraine tomorrow night and flip-flop back and forth. That will not be quick start, so something will have to change if they are in that, and I don't know whether Logan Thompson will be back by then. 
Uh, but uh, but I certainly, for the drama factor and the storyline, uh, that was is what I'm rooting for. So we'll give you a pair of tickets to see the Golden Knights against the LA Kings next Thursday by dialing 702-876-1340. Be caller number nine. We'll come back with one-timers. News and notes from around the National Hockey League at Fox Sports Las Vegas. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. It's an amazingly good race in the Pacific Division right now between Vegas, L.A., and Edmonton. L.A. and Edmonton play each other tomorrow night. Everybody's saying, don't go to overtime. Don't do that. Uh, Vegas wins tomorrow night. Uh, they can be three points up in first place. That's the, the most they can be up. Uh, or it can be right there with a tie with L.A. Could go either way, uh, depending on all the results uh, between Vegas and San Jose and then Los Angeles against Edmonton. In the, in the Central Division, this one's hot and heavy. Between the Minnesota Wild, the Colorado Avalanche, and the Dallas Stars. Yeah. Uh, I've been looking at the schedule, and Colorado and Minnesota playing tonight. Uh, Minnesota gets Vegas on a home-and-home home this year, uh, still to come. Uh, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, and then Chicago, Winnipeg, Nashville. Their final four, five, if you consider wondering whether Pittsburgh's going to be in it, it could be their final five games are against non-playoff teams. That's for the Minnesota Wild. The Dallas Stars... Same thing. Have a very soft schedule down the stretch. A lot of people are giving Colorado the edge in this, but the Avalanche have just a, by a little bit have a slightly harder schedule. Who's your pick to win the Central Division regular season title? So there are two things that I want to see happen with the Central Division. Number one, I want to see the Colorado Avalanche win it. So I expect Colorado will do what they need to do down the stretch. I think they'll find another gear or two and find a way to win that division. I I like Colorado. They were my preseason pick, so I'm going to stick with that. The other thing I want to see is I want to see the Dallas Stars finish with a record of 42-20-20. I just think that would be really funny. Well, because of all the troubles that they've had in overtime and and shootouts. Yes, 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 100%. Well, Colorado has a couple of games against San mixed into this along with Anaheim uh, but they also will have to face Dallas and the Kings and Edmonton and Winnipeg and who knows what uh, the second last game of the year will be against the Winnipeg Jets uh, given their struggles lately uh, That that's turned into the race of the National Hockey League right now in the Central Division uh, and it, part of that Central Division is the Chicago Blackhawks they're, they're not going to make the playoffs <laughs> but one thing to watch here is whether or not Jonathan Taves can get back in in the final couple of games. He's practicing again. Yeah. It could be the end for him. His contract's up. I don't know whether he's going to play again next year. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but he's, he's, he's battled the health problems uh, and the, the fatigue factor. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets into the, the final home game or maybe that's against the uh, the, the Philadelphia Flyers or uh, the second last home game, which is uh, against the Minnesota Wild. If, if he gets into one of those and then says his farewells. He, he's not a big ceremonial guy, yeah. but he also knows 
where his place is in history, being the captain of the Chicago Blackhawks and a three-time Stanley Cup champion. He's admitted that it could be the end of an era with him there, knowing Patrick Kane's already gone. Yeah, I agree with you. It'll be interesting. Honestly, like... I'm hopeful that he can get in. I'm hopeful that he can kind of get himself to a place where he's healthy enough to play a couple of games down the stretch, certainly play at least one more home game uh, in front of that crowd, in front of those fans, because, you know, as as much as you want to talk about being, not being a ceremonial guy, like he, he was the captain of this close to a pseudo-dynasty as you've had in, in this day and age in the National Hockey League. So I... I'm hopeful that he's able to get there. If it is the end for Jonathan Taves, I, I think he, he deserves a, a couple of home games to send him off into the sunset. What's more likely, the New Jersey Devils catch Carolina for first in the Metropolitan, three points back right now, or the New York Rangers jump over the New Jersey Devils for home ice advantage in that first round series uh, across the Hudson Right now, there's two points between those two rivals. Well, I think the most likely scenario based on how the teams are playing right now is the New York Rangers leapfrogging the New Jersey Devils. The Rangers have been on an absolute tear over their last 10 games, 8-1-1. One, and one. Uh, New Jersey's been a little bit middling. Uh, you know, you clinch, maybe you kind of relax for a moment. But um, if I'm going to kind of play the trends right now, uh, the, the most likely scenario is the Rangers finishing second and the Devils falling to third. We'll have a lot more uh, insight into how they're going to finish after tomorrow night because the Rangers and the Devils do meet at Prudential Center for the final time this year. Hey, uh, give us a call, 702-876-1340. I've got another pair of tickets just arrived in my inbox for the game against the Los Angeles Kings next Thursday. April 6th, will it be Jonathan Quick against the Los Angeles Kings for the first time ever? What storylines will be swirling around that game one week from tomorrow night? Be caller number 11. Coming up, 702-876-1340. Chris Chapman standing by. Say hello to him, and then we'll hear from him on the other side of Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So in the last segment, you guys were talking about the Central Division, Dallas Stars, what their overall record would be, including overtime losses, which sits at 40 wins and 34 losses. The loser point really makes a big difference especially when you look at the pacific division because the calgary flames while not in the playoffs they have the same amount of wins on the season as the vancouver canucks but vancouver who do have a game in hand they sit nine points behind calgary because calgary's got 15 overtime losses compared to winnipeg six so calgary actually is one or they were 34 and 41 on the season, whereas Vancouver would be 34 and 40 on the season. Big difference, and I'm not saying Vancouver should be in the playoffs or that they have a case to be in the playoffs, but it's pretty interesting what a big difference that loser point makes in such a tight playoff race. I mean, Calgary, they're probably in the playoff race because they've been able to get so many games to overtime, whereas Vancouver, they're completely out of it because they haven't been able to get those games to overtime and get the extra point. So that, 
That's a tie. In the old days, that would be a tie. Yeah, but I call it a loser point because right? you, you, you get the you go to it's overtime. It's a loser point, lose. but yeah. but 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 it's still you're not getting something for nothing. You're getting the game to uh, an equal score at the end of regulation, which in the old days was a tie. This is a loser point, but at least you're getting a, a, a victor out of it, a decision. I think it's still better than the than the alternative, which is you don't get any points if you if you don't win. No, you, like a, leaving it as a tie. Oh, yeah, uh, I don't. You, you well, nobody something. wants it. You play sixty minutes of five on five. You deserve. You deserve a point. No, nobody wants a tie. I'm, I'm. I'm just pointing out that. I'm, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you on the point. I just, I just want to see so badly. Like, and I, I wanted it more for Dallas. Like, I wanted them to win the division at 42, 20, and twenty, just because I think that'd be really, really funny to see. But um, yeah, that's that's about the extent of of my feelings on it. It's just, it's just what a, really a, a weird concept, right? Because Vegas has forty six wins, which is three more than both L.A. and Edmonton. And realistically, Edmonton could win the division with less wins. You, you've made this harder to understand than <laughs> Wallace trying to explain the clinching scenarios yesterday. <laughs> Wait, oh, I, I come on. I, I was I, perfect yesterday. I, what are I you talking about? I don't need a PhD about? to decipher the, the playoff scenarios, right? Is, is kind of win weird. and you're in. Yes. That was it. That's all, all you needed. I, you know, it's funny because Darren was talking about getting booted off the internet, and I keep thinking of all the goofy things that have happened recently with trips to San Jose for the Golden Knights, right? Like the yep. the hotel closed in the middle of, of a series that they were playing with, with we San Jose. We were talking Jose. about that today. It's wild. Like, I've never, like, yeah, how does the, the hotel not send them notice? Right in the middle of their stay. Like, how do they not let the team know, hey, by the way, guys, we're going to be closing. You may want to find alternate, alternate uh, places to stay before you arrive. I was just watching a motorist try. He ran up because he was getting a parking ticket for parking in front of a fire hydrant. And he was trying to work uh, the parking uh, uh, ticket uh, deliverer, uh, traffic cop, uh, to, to get him out of it. And the traffic cop just looked and went, look at the look at the fire hydrant. You're right in front of it. No go. And there, there's hand waving. It was awesome. And that's basically what I was doing when I was kicked off the uh, internet. Uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow, 5 o'clock, special start time at the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports, Las Vegas, ahead of the Sharks and the VGK.